Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. I'm your host, Peter Kim. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe so I can bring it to you every week. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, we're going to hear from Dr. Chris Liu now. He's a retired orthopedic surgeon, now is doing full-time healthcare and health consulting for different startups and companies. He also is an avid real estate investor, and we're going to talk about his whole journey from the beginning. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, Peter. I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. It's a pleasure to have you here. I know you talk a lot about real estate, talk about career changes, talk about non-clinical careers. And so I kind of want to talk about all that and let's try to get this, uh, I'm going to try to get your story from the beginning. So if you could help us out, let us know how you started. I mean, you were an orthopedic surgeon, right? I mean, you went through yeah. a lot of training, you worked really hard to get where you wanted to be, but when did that start to shift or some of your mindset start to shift? Yeah. So, uh, my mindset started to shift back in, uh, 2008 and this was, um, at the peak of the uh, financial crisis. So, um, prior to that, I had always, I had been planning and preparing for just financially in terms of um, what would happen if uh, you know some situation such as the one we're having now happened, and how would I protect myself, you know, out of nothing, out of my fault. So, at an early um, age, I was always investing in real estate and stocks, and I was educating myself, but I wasn't really happy in my traditional medical career for a lot of reasons. Um, And I just didn't like the idea of trading my time for money and, you know, being on call 24 seven. A lot of times I was working over a hundred hours per week, you know, uh, staying up 40 hours straight, making life and death decisions under those situations. So I wanted more control um, and I wanted more um, control of my time in my life. I also wanted a uh, career where I could just be passionate about it. So, you know, medicine, I was told from an early age was to be, um, was like the low risk profession, you know, it was high paying, stable, you can never lose your job. People need, need, um, you know, health and things like that. But I wasn't really passionate about it. So, so that's why I started two companies during medical school, both in real estate and stocks, um, which eventually allowed me to achieve financial freedom at the age of 29. And so by the time I was, you know, practicing, I already had two companies that I could fall back on in case I ever walked away from medicine or, you know, lost my job or things like that. Well, let's talk about those two companies. What do you mean companies in real estate and stocks? Uh, yeah. what, what, what does that mean to people? Well, uh, two companies, basically there are two avenues by which I was able to diversify and pursue different streams of passive income. So I call them companies because, and they were really under LLCs, but I call them companies because they have a specific focus. So one was in real estate. So that company was devoted to uh, purchasing um, single family residences and also small condominiums. And basically my niche market was to medical students. And um, I used the Burr method, the Airbnb method and house hacking to, um, to maximize my gains. So that was one area. And then the second area was in stocks and options. So that one was, I could, you know, be uh, investing and trading in stocks and options from my uh, bedroom. And, uh, you know, it's like, it was easy to buy and trade stocks. You know, I could do all my research and I could just basically 
profit off the price swings and off the momentum. So that was another. And so, and those were the two companies that allowed me to generate enough income as a medical student so that I could be financially free. So you were studying everything that you need to study during med school, but you were studying all these other things and doing all these things at the same time is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it was, it was interesting because, uh, I also, cause I was part of the MD PhD program. So like, uh, uh, when I was in medical school, I was, when I wasn't studying, I was going to Home Depot and, you know, looking at all the deals. I was looking at, um, investment properties, talking to realtors. Um, back then I was using email marketing for my rooms. So they didn't have like YouTube and things like that, that we have these days. Um, and then other than that, whenever I had spare time, I was either, um, working out or, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal, looking at, you know, what were the companies, what were the current trends, you know, how could I position myself to be um, profitable in terms of those trends. And, and, and then uh, during graduate school, I was, uh, I was able to, I had actually more time. So then I was able to pursue these two companies full time and scale them up. Yeah. So it got you to a point where you had enough passive income so that you said you created financial freedom at what age was that again? Uh, 29. I was 29 years old. So that was a, that was a big moment for me because uh, the, the, that month I was able to make, generate in, enough income to cover all of my expenses without working. And so that was my huge aha moment. I was like, well, if I can do this for a month, I can do it for two months, three months, six months. And it, it eventually became a year. And eventually it grew to, I was, you know, first it was, um, five figures and then it became six figures. And eventually it was like, I was doing medical school just, um, for society and my parents and, you know, to, and, and less because I was passionate about it. It was more for others. So then what, what point did you decide, you know, you were done with medicine? I think that's an interesting story. You, I guess you yeah. finished your training and were you actually working out in practice for a while or when did that yeah. happen? Yeah, I practiced for uh, 10, I, I practiced from 2008 until uh, 2016. And it was interesting because during medical school, part of my rationale for starting these companies was I saw because um, that was when managed care was starting. And I saw all the um, implementations that were beginning to be implemented um, that would be the basis of our unsustainable system as we know it today. And because of um, all of these uh, quote black swan events, I knew one day that there was going to be an event where, you know, enough doctors were going to say, I've had it, I quit, you know, um, I can't take this anymore, you know, just the whole system becoming unsustainable. And so for me, that was, um, was like my second year of residency. It was just, you know, um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't in control of my time in my life. People were saying, just stick it out for another couple of years. You know, you're going to make your a um, million dollars a year. And really, you know, to, to me, making a million dollars a year under those situations wasn't really appealing to me. I'd rather, you know, make, you know, 500,000 and be doing what I loved and passionate. So, um, so that was that, that was the breaking point. I saw um, malpractice. I saw, um, physicians losing control of their time. They were um, being told what to do by executives being punished by them. And all the while these executives were making, you know, in excesses of $1 million a year. And just like, we were basically losing control of the system. And so I saw all these changes. So I was, uh, and I was luckily I had companies um, so that I was better positioned and prepared for these types of changes. 
So it's getting to 2016. At this point, I mean, your real yeah. estate, I'm sure, was doing well. You're, um, I guess you're still in the stock market game. Uh, at what point did you decide to kind of step away from medicine? I know you talked about some of the things yeah. that you were seeing, but yeah. what really prompted you to leave? And then what did you decide to do at that point? Was it just that you were going to be a real estate investor at that point? Yeah. Great question because um, the point was where I was generating enough passive income where I could be comfortable. I could, um, I could basically travel anywhere I wanted. I could um, go anywhere I wanted. I had essentially all my freedom. I wasn't um, bootstrapping. I wasn't scrimping and saving. And I had enough um, net worth so that in case I lost that cash flow, I could still draw upon that net worth. I also um, was able to draw upon my my contacts, my experience, my brand. So that that was back in 2016. And there was just a point where I was like, I've, I've achieved enough. I had enough success. Um, I had financially achieved all my goals by 35. Um, but really being stuck in this career, I wasn't really fulfilled. I was really doing it to please others and for society and for my wife and parents. Um, so I took a year off and took a sabbatical and just um, contemplated what I really wanted out of life and what would make me um, fulfilled. So I wanted control uh, back of my time and my life and to be able to contribute, give back, influence, and mentor. So, you know, during that time, it was like consulting was actually um, on the top of my mind because you have a lot of... Um, uh, flexibility and it was a lot of my friends were consultants so they were traveling all the time and which sounded really exciting they were getting well they were getting paid very well um, and also they were able to um, build their own brand and their unique credibility so that a lot of them were writing speaking creating online courses so I wanted to be able to leverage my experiences um, in a unique and niche oriented way um, and build a consulting company out of that so how did you know how did you know how to do that? Like, what did that look like? Were these friends that were, that were doing this, were they physicians in medicine or were they outside of medicine? Uh, these, these were all uh, physicians outside of medicine. Um, I got a lot of my inspiration from people outside of medicine, people that were doing what they wanted to be doing on their terms and based on their passions and their experiences. A lot of my physician friends weren't really very entrepreneurial. They were still... Um, you know, doing the nine to five, um, hustle grind, um, that sort of thing, uh, which that didn't really appeal to me. I wanted to be able to, I, I wanted to be able to get paid for my unique experiences and to be able to share and give it back to the world. So, um, but it was interesting because a lot of my, um, friends, they were in the, um, what I call the, the, um, consulting world where they were working for, um, firms like Accenture, Deloitte, all of the big firms. But um, what really motivated me was to develop a consulting company that was um, that what they now call a freelance consulting company where you're basically creating your own consulting brand. So, so let's say you decided, well, you decided that you wanted to do this. So how did you actually get it set up? Did you decide, I'm going to open well up one day as a consultant. I'm just going <laughs> to let people know. Is that, I mean, how do people start this? Yeah, that's one of the really uh, challenging parts about the uh, starting a company um, based on your So what I, a lot of the resources that um, I drew upon, so one was a book called Getting Started in Consulting. So that book really helped me um, just figure out because con consulting is a very uh, generic and broad field. So, you know, it's basically one can, 
call themselves a consultant and go out and leverage that. But the, the hard part is the variability of the income and getting booked and getting clients. So how I start, my number one recommendation is um, how I started was um, I went out and became a consultant for others. So a lot of hospitals were hiring physicians to um, help with their electronic health record implementation. And then once I developed that good, uh, strong brand and that reputation where the hospitals, sometimes the hospitals even offered me a full-time job after the um, consulting gig, but I turned them down because I really, the traditional nine to five corporate job didn't really appeal to my personality. So I turned it down, but, um, but that helped me get, uh, build my Rolodex and my strong network, which I leveraged into further projects as well. So that's the one thing is if you don't have a strong following or brand, just start out as a consultant for others. And once you grow your reputation, then you can start going out on your own. So, um, and then once I did that, uh, I just, I continue to leverage that. And one thing that, another thing that would, uh, I wish I had done in the past was, um, uh, I was active on social media, but I wasn't using social media in the correct way. So I want right now, how we're using social media is by marketing and um, producing great content and giving a lot of great information, but traditional social media, you know, people it's more for personal use. So uh, in the past, I wish I had used social media to actually market and develop content and grow my influence prior to becoming a consultant because that would help me jumpstart my career even faster. So, you know, right now um, I've written four books. Uh, I've given a lot of speeches. I'm set to give a TEDx talk in October and we're now we're doing a lot of podcast interviews. So that's helped to build and grow my brand as well. I mean, that's an amazing journey. I mean, when you do this consulting, like I think people want to know, like, what do you exactly do when you act as a yeah. consultant? I mean, what does your day to day look like? And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you know what that entails? Yeah. Um, it's every, the thing is it's, um, the thing that's great about it and the downside of it is that it's highly variable. So it all depends on the client. So it's highly exciting. If you like that, um, if you just like, you know, the, the travel and the different experiences and the novelty of everything. So what, what I, so a lot of my, because I work with the hospitals, you know, it starts at like 5.00 AM ends at 5.00 PM, but it's very, it's very, what I call, um, non-stressful because you're you're there as a consultant and you're there as a liaison so you're there to provide your input in order to help the client achieve a particular outcome so you're not directly responsible for the outcome you're there to provide your input so that's the good thing is that you're not directly responsible for that um then a lot of times like for example I was doing consulting um, full time where I was gone and traveling, you know, 11 months out of the year where I, where I didn't see my wife or my family. So that sort of got in the way of things. But, you know, since then, since I've um, been able to generate a lot of income from my consulting practice, I've scaled back a little bit more so that I can focus on the um, digital education content of my practice. But, um, you know, again, it's very, um, independent and situation dependent. So, you know, you want to do one project you can, or you want to do a full time. It's, it's all up to you. You have a lot of flexibility. So. Well, what does that look like financially for a lot of people want to go into this? I think that can it be quite lucrative or can it, does it even compare to a physician income at this point? Um, yeah. I think people want to know. 
Yeah, it is actually very lucrative. Um, I like, well, I mean, like for example, last year I worked for three three months out of the year, and I, I made enough to you know be able to take the extra nine months off. So it is is very lucrative. If you want to be, for example, like as an orthopedic surgeon, you're making 800, 900, you know, K per year. If you're looking for those type of gigs, you have to be, you have to develop a bigger and stronger brand and you have to work with bigger and more high paying clients. But like I said, you know, if even working with hospitals, which are, you know, very um, generous in their pay, you know, for, especially for physicians, you know, easily as they consultant for hospitals you can make 400 500k per year which is you know that's that's fine it's you know you know i would rather have my independence and time and freedom and take that 400k pay pay cut and pay less in taxes than you know be you know tied to a place where i have to be you know 365 days a year so that's one issue um the other issue is that it's uh you know as a consultant then you can use Use that um, extra cash and money to invest in other businesses, that other investments, real estate, and things like that. So you can generate more income to free up more of your time as well. So, so have you found that somebody needs to be a particular specialty to be able to be successful in this, or is it kind of across all specialties? As long as you have that MDDO degree, that allows you to kind of get your foot in the door and, and do this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, like. Uh, an MD, DO, any sort of um, degree adds adds the stamp of credibility because you know as physicians we're all um, we're all highly educated, highly trained. We're we are um, we have a lot of integrity. We don't you know break the law. We're very trustworthy. So at the at the least you know graduating from medical school that that brands you as honest and trustworthy. I will say that more experience, for example, if you have, um, if you have an intern year, you have license, if you, if you, if you're board certified, board certified is the best position to be in because not only do you have a clinical practice to follow up, follow up on, but then you can do some other things that require further specialization. So for example, like file review, you want to be expert witness. Um, you want to be a consultant to pharma, medical device, drug companies, all those, you know, board certification allows you that extra stamp of approval. But, you know, like I said, any sort of, when you, in my projects, I've seen that, you know, people are inherently um, what I call um, doctor so-and-so, oh, I went to medical school here, that adds a stamp of approvals upon yourself. Yeah, that's great. Is this something that somebody can do on the side as well? I mean, you're doing this full time, but you know, yeah. is this uh, could this be a side hustle, side gig, that type of thing? Oh yeah, definitely. For like for all of the um, physicians out there, right now is the best time to start considering what type of consulting that you can get into because you know if you're looking to transition from clinical to non-clinical, now is the perfect time because I know as we've seen with COVID nineteen. No, but the idea of job stability um, is don't, no longer exists. We all have to create our own job stability. So getting into a side hustle such as consulting is the best way. And you can do it on the side too. So during my assignments, I, was, I started out just doing like the side projects and it would, you know, it just for extra income. But then as it started to grow and as it started to be, I started to realize I could do this even more full time. And it was, 
and I would able to replace my clinical income, it became more and more lucrative. So you can start it out as, you know, do one project a year to all the way to full time. And now is, it now is the best time to be looking into these types of endeavors. All right. That's amazing. I mean, I think for people that are looking to get into this, like, what do you, I think you might've mentioned something before, but I want to kind of uh, maybe jump on it again, but what do you wish you knew when you first started doing something like this that you know now, and this would probably save people a lot of pain <laughs> and suffering for people who are just starting out right now? <laughs> One thing I wish I knew was that um, just having a, uh, well, I'll get to it, but um, one thing is uh, having a strong network and also having a, a strong Rolodex. That one that to that I uh, wish that I had gotten started in. And then the other thing is the other tip uh, that I recommend in getting started is what unique. Think about the question is what unique skill set that can differentiate yourself above all others, and just start thinking about all of the different products and services that you can start developing around that. So for example, my, my passion was in technology and just disruptive technology and how it impacted healthcare. So, and then I started developing products and services around that area. So think about that. Um, and the other thing is just start thinking outside of the box because um, having like have a strong network outside of uh, clinical medicine, that way you can draw upon that and leverage that if you need to use it in the future. All right. Those are some great tips. And before we kind of get to our final tip for people who are interested in getting into medical consulting, maybe even some of the real estate stuff that you've done, uh, what, where can people find out more about you? Find out about what your path and maybe even some of the things you talked about. I know you've written a few books. Uh, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, they can email me at uh, Christopher Liu, um, L-O-O-M-D-P-H-D at gmail.com. I'm, I'm very, uh, my presence on the, they can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, you can also look me up on Amazon as well. They're, my four books are there. Um, I'll also have uh, my online course that I'm launching out later on this year. So, um, you know, I'm everywhere. So, you know, look me up and I, I, and I respond very quickly as well. So. Yeah, well, that's amazing. People should reach out definitely if they want to use you as a resource. So thanks for offering that. Okay, so what's your number one tip for people who are considering following in your same footsteps? Oh, so my number one tip is uh, don't wait to get started. So what I wish is um, I wish I had gotten started earlier. So it took me eight years to fully realize that um, the path that I was leading wasn't really sustainable and I wasn't really contributing to my overall happiness, even though it was high paying and it was, I was doing well. It was just that it, my quality of life wasn't good. So don't wait to get started. The longer you wait, the more suffering and the more pain you're going to be in. So just take action, start little by little. You don't have to replace your current income in a year, but just take little by little steps and start thinking about different side incomes that you can generate, uh, which will free up your time later in the future. And if you want to walk away from medicine or if you want to just do it part-time, um, you know, there's, as long as you have your financial independence and freedom, then you, you have so many more options and your quality of life will be so much better. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your expertise. Uh, you made it sound really interesting. And I think there are a lot of people who would probably want to do the same thing you've done. 
So um, it's great that you found your path and I love this story. So thanks so much for sharing it with us. Good luck on your TEDx talk and uh, take care. All right. Thanks, Peter. Okay. Bye. Enjoy the show. Let me know by dropping a review in the podcast app you're listening to us in. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. Are you part of our community yet? Join thousands of physicians who are also on this journey to creating their ideal lives through multiple streams of income. You can join us on our Facebook group, Passive Income Docs, and you can always learn more at our website, PassiveIncomeMD.com. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of your journey. See you next time.